from the National Catholic Register. This is Register Radio, bringing light and clarity to the news and topics that affect your life. EW10 Pro-Life Weekly has a new host. This week on Register Radio, we welcome Prudence Robertson, a former spokesperson for Susan B. Anthony List. Then Matthew Bunsen and I have another Editor's Corner on upcoming news and events. I'm Jeanette DeMello, Editor-in-Chief and Executive Director of the National Catholic Register. Matthew Bunsen is the EWTN News' Executive Director. Matthew's based in Washington, D.C., and of course he's my co-host for the show. Matthew, EWTN last month said goodbye to Catherine Hadro. Uh, she was the in- inaugural anchor for EWTN News' Pro-Life Weekly, and really what a run she had as host. She left a truly remarkable legacy, uh, not just in the history of EWTN, uh, but really in the history of the pro-life movement in the sense that uh, she created this show. She brought it to life and Mm -hmm. uh, really established it as the most important pro-life program anywhere, I would argue, in the world. Uh, So we owe her a great deal, and and we're certainly going to miss her, but we are very happy that uh, she'll be continuing on as uh, an EWTN news contributor. So we're going to be seeing uh, Catherine in the future, but we're also really excited about uh, Prudence Robertson coming in uh, to take over uh, the show from Catherine. Exactly. And we get to welcome Prudence Robinson, Robertson now. Everybody wants to say Robinson, but, you know, it's <laughs> Robertson. Um, Prudence worked in the, in the capacity of a spokesperson at Susan B. Anthony List. And in that capacity, she was a frequent guest on Catherine's show. Uh, and so she's got a, a, quite a bit of experience in this realm. Uh, Prudence, it is great to meet you virtually and to welcome you as an EWTN News colleague and, and, of course, here to my own show. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, it's such an honor to be here. I'm so excited to be coming over from Susan B. Anthony List and really diving in headfirst as the new host of Pro-Life Weekly. Yeah, so I mentioned that you were a frequent guest uh, on the show. Um, Obviously, speaking about pro-life news, uh, Susan B. Anthony List um, is broader than that. And and just quickly, can you highlight what your work was there in in that position? Sure, absolutely. Uh, So I worked very closely with the communications team at Susan B. Anthony List, um, doing a host of things, but really... um, writing, strategizing effective messaging on the pro-life issue, um, connecting with members of Congress, other state leaders across the country, governors, representatives, um, really just to uh, carry out the mission of Susan B. Anthony List, which is to promote elections and laws for life. Um, I also had the privilege of being able to travel to several states and host um, in-state press events um, surrounding Uh, you know, times such as Justice Kavanaugh's confirmation to the court, Justice Barrett's confirmation to the court, um, and the 2020 election cycle. We were able to do some fantastic events with uh, Vice President Mike Pence, and I was honored to um, help lead the charge from the communications perspective to make sure all of those events were going off without a hitch. Um, I think one of my favorite Um, aspects of my role, though, at Susan B. Anthony List was getting to come to the EWTN studio um, and join as a guest on Catherine's show. I remember um, the first time I was in the studio, I was still an intern at Susan B. Anthony List, and my former boss, Mallory Quigley, was was joining Catherine as a guest. So I got to come and watch behind the scenes what it looked like to be a guest on the show. And once I started working here full time, 
had the privilege of joining Catherine on the show myself and speaking on a host of topics. So uh, that's just sort of a sum of what I did there. Yes, that that must be um, that must be very exciting, you know, to just kind of see that journey. It's in a way a sh- a short journey. I, I mean, you're young, <laughs> like Catherine was when she's when she started the show, uh, quite quite young um, in in professional life, but of course still a lot of experience. And uh, and so yeah, it's remarkable uh, to see another young woman taking that lead. And and kudos to you for for. Um, for getting there and at this at this moment, it is a very busy moment in the pro life movement. Um, what a time to be at the helm! What are you looking forward to most? Yes, well, first of all, thank you so much. It's it's really just an honor, and I really owe it all to my family and friends and my colleagues at Susan B. Anthony List who have gotten me to this point, and to God, of course. I mean, He destined this. Um, but yeah, I think. I'm so excited about joining Pro-Life Weekly at this pivotal moment because we have a decision in the Dobbs case coming just around the corner. This is a moment that's really unprecedented in our movement. We could be looking at, you know, a reality where Roe versus Wade could start to be unraveled or even overturned, um, which would allow states to pass laws that reflect the will of their people, which would... um, help Americans be educated about the humanity of unborn children in the womb and enable the pro-life movement to really just continue to carry out its mission to embrace women and children in need and continue to provide those resources for them that we all in the pro-life movement know exist. Um, But we want to be able to share those resources with the world and and the country. Um, And I think we're looking at... uh, an opportunity now that's greater than ever before to do just that. It's it's really an exciting time, and I'm hoping to be reporting on a lot of just celebrations for our movement, for unborn babies, and for our country. Amen to that. Well, as Jeanette noted, uh, this is a moment. Uh, it's an important moment. And this is also a moment uh, for the defense of the culture of life against the culture of death. What is, what's your vision for the show as you take over to promote the culture of life? Absolutely. Well, I've always seen Pro-Life Weekly as a beacon of light in the world of media. I mean, EWTN in general has always been that. And I think you make a really good point, Matthew. You know, unfortunately, the majority of our culture is really a culture of death these days. And so to have a network like EWTN News, to have a show like Pro-Life Weekly, which is solely dedicated to reporting on the top pro-life news of the day, issues and topics that other mainstream media outlets across the country just simply aren't reporting on. Um, What we're talking about is crucial. These are pivotal conversations that are going to educate Americans, that are going to um, engage Catholics across the country to be paying attention to this moment and uh, to really take action. Uh, This is Register Radio. I'm Jeanette DeMello, and we're talking to Prudence Robertson, who is the new host for Pro-Life Weekly. And Prudence, all of us, you, Matthew Bunsen, who's my co-host here, and and, and I are all alumni of Franciscan University. Um, That's, it's a wonderful place, and uh, I think each of us have probably taken... uh, something away from our time there. I, and I'm curious, something away from that time that informs us now, you know. 
And, um, and I'm curious for you, what there at the university helped form your current work? Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up because my time at Franciscan University, um, those years are some of the years that I cherish the most in my in my life so far. I actually transferred to Franciscan from Ave Maria University. Mm-hmm. So sadly, I only had two years at Franciscan instead of four. Um, but I think one thing that really just continued to instill my passion for working in this movement during my time at Franciscan was being active in uh, the pro-life community there that would travel frequently to Pittsburgh, um, which was about half an hour away, as you both know, um, from campus. And we would pray at the Pittsburgh abortion clinic. And I always, um, I always just sort of believed that there was a particular darkness at that, at that abortion facility. Um, just, you know, that, that our students needed to be there praying for, um, for the conversion of the people running that clinic and just being on the ground with my, with my peers and being able to minister to the people that were going in and out of that abortion clinic really, um, just reinvigorated my desire to have an active role in the pro-life movement. I've been pro-life my whole life. Uh, but until I was in college, I never really imagined that I would be, uh, working in the pro-life movement for a living. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the opportunity to intern at Susan B. Anthony List uh, fell into my lap. And uh, it was then that I realized that, you know, there could be a real future there and working in the movement and how important it was. And that was surely, um, you know, encouraged at Franciscan. It was a privilege and an honor to go to a school that's so vibrantly Catholic, uh, so unapologetically um, claims you know, the Catholic faith and, and isn't afraid right. to, to speak out um, and be that light. Um, what was your, what was your what degree? Is. I'm sorry. What uh, was your degree I, I there? Studied, yeah. I studied history and human life studies, actually. They ah. have a fantastic minor there. It's a relatively new program, um, but it's really just <laughs> an, an education uh, in what the culture of life is versus the culture of death. You Wonderful. cover a host of life issues and it was you know, really, really great. To, well, there to were a couple that. decades that spanned our, our time there. So <laughs> I think I was there. I was there in the late 90s. Matthew was there right around the, the uh, 2000, early wow. 2000s. Yeah. And you were there a, a bit later, 2019 was your, when you graduated. So yes, yes. It, I remember those days too at the abortion clinic in Pittsburgh. They were, mm-hmm. um, it was a sacrifice because we got there, we went very early and it was yes. usually snowing. <laughs> it was freezing. And so, yes, I do, I do remember that. You know, I have another question that's um, of a more personal nature, and and that is, who are your saintly role models? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've mentioned learning from Catherine and learning from the people at Susan B. Anthony List and and just even your time at Franciscan learning there. Who who are your saintly role models? I love this question. (laughs) Um, I think first I would have to say St. Claire of Assisi. She is not only my confirmation saint, but she also happens to be the patron saint of television. Um, And so when I was interviewing for this job, uh, I did a novena to her, just entrusting to her whatever the plan was for my life. Um, St. Faustina is also a huge one. Um, I don't know if you all were members of households at Franciscan, but I was a daughter of divine mercy and St. Faustina was our patroness. Um, just that message of totally trusting in the Lord, confidently depending on him 
and just entrusting your work, your lives, your loved ones to him through the devotion of divine mercy is always something that has been so close to my heart. And I think I would finally have to say um, St. John Paul II um, is a great love of mine. His love and writings on the Eucharist really invigorated in me a desire to receive the Eucharist frequently and just helped me to understand, you know, what the Eucharist is, the presence of the Lord coming and living in us day in and day out um, was life-changing for me. Wonderful. So St. Claire of Assisi, St. Faustina, and St. John Paul II, pray for us. And yes. and if I could ask in in, in final, we'll, we'll go to the next segment soon, but what should we pray for? What What is your prayer intention? Mm. I think I would just pray, um, ask that you pray that the Lord would just continue to guide this show. One thing that I admired so much about Catherine and her time as host um, was just how steeped in prayer you could tell that she was. You know, every encounter with her was a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and you could just, you could feel the Holy Spirit in the room when you walked into the studio to film a segment. And so I just hope and pray that that continues, that um, the Lord continues to be present in all of our lives. And especially with the Dobbs case coming up, that everybody working in the pro-life movement, the Supreme Court justices, uh, legislators, politicians, um, just our entire country would would be, you know, converted continually every day to embrace life, no matter the circumstance, because every life is precious. Well a said. Bold prayer, but <laughs> it's a bold prayer, but it's a good prayer. And we, uh, Prudence Robinson, we will join you in those prayers as you take the helm at uh, EWTN's Pro Life Weekly. Um, thanks for being here with us. Yes, thank you. God bless you both. When we come back, Matthew Bunsen and I, Jeanette Mello, your host here on Register Radio and EWTN Radio, will do an editor's corner. Stay tuned. Pursue what matters most in 2022. Life, liberty, truth. From the Capitol to the classroom, from the pulpit to the pew, EWTN's National Catholic Register delivers in-depth news, analysis, and commentary through the lens of the Catholic faith. With so much at stake in our country, there's never been a more important time to read the Register. And with award-winning Catholic journalism that goes beyond what you'll find from any secular news service, you'll get the real story behind the events that unfold over the course of the year. Try the Register for free today and get it delivered to your home, office, or parish. Get six free issues today online at ncregister.com forward slash radio or call 800-421-3230 and mention code RADIO. The National Catholic Register. Read faithfully. Let's return to Register Radio on EWTN. Welcome back. I'm Jeanette DeMello, the Executive Director and Editor-in-Chief of the National Catholic Register, and I'm joined by my co-host, Matthew Bunsen, EWTN News' Executive Editor based in Washington, D.C. Matthew and I are going to continue an Editor's Corner that we started last week, um, where we were doing a year-in-review, and I wanted to talk about uh, the notable departures of 2021, and that is 
the register's remembrance of of people who uh, died in in the last year. Um, m- most of them, um, well, many of them are Catholic, but it it spans a whole broad list of of notable people. And so, Matthew, uh, we talked so much last week. It was a great conversation, um, but we didn't get to this. Um, important, important thing. I would call it unfinished remembrance, and and really, yeah. we should never forget those who have passed before us. And so, a few of the of the key obits, and I will start with things that are not related to the church. First, as I said, I mean, we had uh, people like um, uh, Colin uh, Powell, uh, Secretary mm-hmm. of State, um, who who died, uh, and. Um, a part of the pro-life movement, um, a big part of the pro-life movement. We were just talking so much about the pro-life movement when we when we spoke about Prudence Robertson. Um, but Joseph Schindler died last year, and he was a key uh, pro-life leader, um, in uh, remembered by many. And then very close to home, uh, here at the Register, we lost a, a writer, um, Gerald Rossello, who was a longtime uh, book picks editor, uh, writer. You know, he would review books for us. Uh, he was an attorney in New York and very young. He was age 50 and, and died of a, of an illness. Um, it's, uh, it's very sad to lose someone, um, from, from your team, you know, and, and that, (laughs) so we, we pray for his family. But then there were others um, within the church, uh, Matthew, and these are people that I thought you could help us remember well. Um, one is uh, Cardinal Jorge Medina. He died at age 94. <laughs> well, that's right. Uh, in his own right, he was uh, something of a, a remarkable theologian and a scholar. Uh, he's uh, probably best known for two things. One, he was uh, a high-ranking official of the, the Roman Curia, the Congregation for Divine Worship and the Discipline of the Sacraments, in the late 90s. Uh, but uh, he's especially remembered in 2005, on the night of April 19th. We know the date so well because he was uh, the so-called Cardinal Protodeacon, in other words, the longest-serving or most senior Cardinal of the Order of Cardinal Deacons, and it was his task to announce the election of... Uh, Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger as Pope Benedict XVI to the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were very close friends. And if you, you can find it online, you, he seemed to have a very good time. He really enjoyed making that announcement. <laughs> I bet, I bet. I'm sure they were very, very close friends. And and there's another cardinal who passed this last year, uh, Cardinal Jorge Urosa. Uh, he was uh, not quite as old. He was 79 years old. What do you... What, we had uh, eulogized him, I, Father Raymond did, in, in our pages. What can you tell us of, of Cardinal Well, that's right. Uh, if uh, Cardinal Medina was uh, uh, best known as uh, one of the most famous Chilean prelates, or prelates from Chile, uh, Jorge Liberato Rosa uh, was uh, renowned as a, as a bishop or prelate and cardinal from Venezuela. And uh, a lot of his time as uh, a, an archbishop there, first of uh, Valencia and then of Caracas, especially Caracas, uh, for about 13 years or so, he was there from about 2005 onward to about 2018, uh, was taken up with uh, dealing with, uh, let's just say, the socialist regime of President Hugo Chavez. Mm-hmm. And he was a, a fierce critic, uh, but more importantly, he was really a defender of the rights of the church. And uh, in that sense, he, he was one of those important figures 
uh, in defending those rights against uh, someone who was uh, determined as an ardent socialist as Chavez was to push the church into suppression. And of course, someone else who helped in preserving uh, the patrimony of the church, um, the the church lost uh, Matthew Festing, uh, the Grand Master of the Sovereign um, Military Order of Malta. That's right. Now, the the Knights of Malta are always headed by a Grand Master, and in this case, it was uh, he was known as Fra Robert Matthew Festing. And uh, he served as the Grand Master of the Order from 2008 until uh, he resigned in some controversy in 2017. All of that uh, controversy sort of overshadowed what was a very remarkable time as Grand Master. Uh, it really began revealing some of the internal struggles within mm -hmm. the Order of Malta that, of course, drag in names like uh, Archbishop uh, Angelo Becciu uh, and other members of uh, the Order who including, of course, uh, Cardinal Raymond Burke, uh, who was uh, sort of the cardinal protector of the order. So this unfortunate uh, that his last years uh, were overshadowed in that way. But like I said, it takes nothing away from a really remarkable time as Grandmaster. Sure. Now, switching away from the church again, and, and we'll just talk about a few more p people. In the realm of kind of entertainment and the arts, there was Rush Limbaugh who died, of course, the, the well-known radio host, and, and then again, uh, another very famous person, Anne Rice, um, uh, the, the author who died uh, this year as well, and of course, in the realm of movies, let's see, who do we have? We have Christopher Plummer, one of, one of your favorites, uh, Matthew. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Christopher Plummer, uh, I have some of my earliest memories as a child, and this goes all the way back to 1970, was when Christopher Plummer, you know, when you first become aware of an actor and you spend the rest of your life following them because they're just so <laughs> interesting. Uh, in this case, it was um, Christopher Plummer playing the Duke of Wellington in a somewhat overwroughten, way too expensive movie, Waterloo which is a recreation of the Battle of Waterloo with Rod Steiger as Napoleon Bonaparte. But there was just something about his performance that hooked me forever. And I went on to enjoy so many of uh, his remarkable films, uh, including The Man Who Would Be King. And of course, he, he won a number of Academy Awards, uh, Emmy Awards, Tony Awards, Golden Globe Awards, Screen Actors Guild, and just a really remarkable career. But I have to say, we can never talk about Christopher Plummer without mentioning The Sound of Music. Of course. Uh, one of the films that really put him on the map. Yes, of course. You know, Matthew, I love hearing you talk about these things because <laughs> it just brings out the historian in you and, and the chronicler. And I sure do miss um, your writing at the register, you know, in your, your now loftier role as executive editor. You don't get to write as much. And I think that's one of the reasons I wanted to just um, pick your brain on, on, these, um, on these notable departures because uh, you just have such insights and you do really help us uh, to remember. Um, and that's no, I... what that page of the register is all about. It's about remembering, you know, what people contribute uh, to the world. Yeah, and one last name that we have to toss out uh, because it was uh, a notable passing came in April. Uh, we were talking about the Catholic Church and that is uh, the passing of uh, the controversial theologian Hans Kung, the Swiss oh, theologian. Uh, that's right. It, that's right. And he he uh, was a 
I guess a colleague is the wrong word, but a contemporary of uh, Joseph Ratzinger um, certainly was at Vatican II, and and he, I guess in in a sense throughout his career was at odds um, with Cardinal Ratzinger and Pope Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. We, <laughs> so we not, eulog- not to mention being at odds with the, many of the teachings of the Church. So <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and we did eulogize him in in, in of sorts <laughs> in the register at as well at ncregister.com. and um, and is there anyone else? I I, I mean we've. We've covered kind of the gambit, but is there anyone else? That well, you the, would the list is uh, really surprising when you when you have a chance to scroll through these. Uh, Walter Mondale, Bob Dole, really uh, major figures in American political life, and people who really shaped their time. Uh, and one small one that I was always very fond of was uh, Tommy Lasorda, who was uh, one of the great baseball managers. Uh, if you spend any time in California, you got to know him, and of course Hank Aaron. Uh, one of the greatest baseball players in history. See, you cover the gambit, and so did this page. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the January 2nd edition of the Register, where there were the notable departures of 2021. It can also be found at ncregister.com, as well as a lot more news, analysis, and commentary. Please stay tuned to the National Catholic Register online at ncregister.com. Thanks for joining us here on Register Radio on EWTN. I'm Jeanette. To Mellow, and until next week, God bless you. For more information about the National Catholic Register and about Register Radio, go to ncregister.com. Podcasts of Register Radio are posted on ncregister.com and on ewtn.com. Join us next week at this time for Register Radio on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.